0: Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life
1: isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves.
0: 2020 didn't hit the notes. It was supposed to energetically. As in, it could have been a lot higher, but it wasn't. And how things played out in 2020 If you want to look at it on the surface was effectively showing the world where they were not in their power from the individual level to the collective level to the global level. And so if you consider that if that's evidence of where everyone is in their karmic process and their evolution, well, of course the bar had to be lowered because people really aren't as far along as they needed to be in order to get into oneness. Now, it doesn't mean that oneness is not possible. It just means that either there are two options when you're at that point, right? Either you've got to speed up your evolution, which means, as you know, that pressure cooker just gets harder. It just gets more intense or you take longer to get there.
1: As I also know.
0: Neither option is ideal, as you would attest to, right? Because either way... That means that certain things are just going to keep getting churned up and churned up and flung out for people to deal with. Because if you haven't dealt with your shit, what happens? Your shit becomes someone else's shit. So what happens is that then if when the collective karma is up, but we keep flinging more karma which doesn't belong to the collective, right? It's more the individual, but we keep pouring it in, pouring it in because we can't deal with it ourselves on this individual basis because we just haven't developed the coping mechanisms or the skills or the wherewithal or the, the attention to it. It becomes other people's problems or the, the, the collective karma that it's, it's adding to becomes an even bigger issue than was originally. And then when it's that big, it ends up taking up a lot of space. And then it ends up consuming, right? Because what does fear do? Fear multiplies exponentially. And then it just consumes those who either are holding it or holding space for it, or who choose to be a part of that particular collective, which is why we were seeing things intensify so greatly throughout 2020, especially towards the end. The move from separation to oneness, from 3D consciousness, to 5D consciousness was always written, right? It has been written, as we understand, because we could never really fully exist in separation. But nobody writes the details. A lot of what we would consider our fate is a series of possibilities and probabilities. The more conscious we become, the more conscious we become of the fact that there are far more possibilities and probabilities than we'd ever conceived, especially when we achieve a level of higher consciousness, then we're really able to perceive that and we can open ourselves to that. If we exist in a state of fear, the probabilities and possibilities are quite narrowed, yeah? So that's why in separation was always easy to assume, if you're living in fear and guided by your karma, if I do this, then this will lead me to this, right? It's like sort of the X to Y. But in oneness, as we know, that formula and that equation doesn't work anymore because again, were far more expanded. So so
1: one. if I do this, it could be a multitude
0: of things. Right. So you could always say that 2020 was written, but it's written by us. Okay. In the grand scheme, it was written, yes. There is this idea that, yes, this was always going to come to fruition, this move from 3D to 5D, and the spiral of history was going to end, and a new spiral would begin, and all of that stuff. But... How it plays out is written by us. And so, yes, of course, there are are parameters within that sense of time space that when I'm in here, maybe I didn't know I was going to react or respond or do this, right? We can't always say that every action is going to have been written, but the lower consciousness that exists at the time is really going to end up being that driving force because as we know, fear is powerful. So if there are a larger number of people operating from a place of fear, they are the ones who are going to end up shaping how things play out. Isn't that an intervention that can be done? There's no contract for intervention per se, right? So no, we don't really get to interfere, nor do we want to, because we're not puppets. We're here to understand that we actually are not puppets, right? Mm. We're not controlled by planetary alignments and conjunctions, we're not controlled by...
1: They're just merely signals.
0: Exactly. Well, they're, yes, you can look at them as signals. and But otherwise, no. We're here to realize our power. We're not here to understand, you know, just to look for some other kind of power vacuum to enter for somebody to control our lives or make decisions for us. So however we come through this, I'm, you know, it was really about our understanding that we needed to be the ones to step up and to be fair there weren't enough who stepped up there were no I'll say this again there were enough who stepped up to keep this process going but one could easily say that there wasn't enough who stepped up to make this process easier
1: so does that mean we it's going to take longer what are the effects of this
0: it's too soon to say how far in advance can they see that we can see it but it's too soon to say to us. Mm -hmm. You never know. That is one thing we know for certain. It was meant to be an opportunity to get people to face their shit, as you would so put it, Rhea. And it does often take a big calamity or catastrophe to do that. Was it written that it would come in the form of a virus? Absolutely not. And there will be more on that in the future. It was not meant to be a year where people were stripped of their autonomy and power. It was meant to provide an opportunity for people to face a reckoning with where they have given it up. And while people have been facing that, most have not fully. So by the end of 2020, the hope, its just a hope, was that most people would feel or recognize that there were many possibilities to come in the ensuing years, yes, from 2021 to 2025 to have that sense that anything was possible but that didn't happen and it wasn't the result of just the fear that had fully permeated people's lives right from their homes to their institutions to their towns their cities their countries so really what came about by the end of 2020 was a sense of doom is this all there is is this world going to end Is my world going to end? It feels like the world had ended. But it was safe to say that it had not fully, even if it seemed that way. Which is why it's important to always keep the largest perspective possible, because that's what allows you to see and recognize all the possibilities and probabilities. Not from a place of positive thinking, but to understand that when you are in your power, You do have the capacity to create the life you want in spite of your external circumstances. Really? You might experience certain obstacles or limitations, but when you are connected to your purpose, which is why we have like, how many episodes had we devoted to purpose over and over again, when you do devote yourself to your purpose, when you can at least tap into your purpose, when you can find the joy that comes through really understanding and and owning your purpose, you can step out of the fear, that separation and the subsequent polarity that sort of reigns that world. You can enter that flow that comes when you are in that space of oneness with yourself. So even if it means, you know, you're physical freedom is still a bit reined in it doesn't mean that your life or your joy is somehow stripped entirely does that make sense do some people
1: not fulfill their fates
0: oh god yeah all the time and what so it's just a suggestion well it's more than a suggestion because we do make contracts around our fate right like you know, people coming together for different relationships or experiences and stuff like that. You know, that is written, those contracts are in place in order to help get us to realize our fate. There's no single endpoint when it comes to fate. Because we're here for our growth and evolution, it's also an example of why those goalposts keep moving. Because we can keep moving within that, because fate is very large. But you could just imagine that fate is just one of those really massive tapestries at the V&A. But the kind of tapestry that just keeps going and going and going. And all those single threads that are woven into this tapestry all could represent a relationship or a person that we're going to encounter. And so everything is so intricately woven and purposeful. Within the grandest scheme, within the largest perspective, there is no border, there's no end to our fate necessarily. But as we go along, it just ends up getting written as we live it. Somehow you understood that it was within your fate to talk about love, to teach love, to experience love, right? Did you ever think that you were going to be doing it through a podcast? As you became more conscious, it became the possibility, right, that presented itself given the age you were living in. It's your fate to teach or understand or to do or to live it or whatever, but how you do it isn't always written. Sometimes it is but not always. Now the difference very simply, and this is going to be the simplest explanation we can provide for today because otherwise we're going to get off topic. Okay. The difference between fate and destiny and why destiny does not exist in 5d oneness. Oh. We said that in the book though, because at some point fate overrides destiny. Destiny existed in 3d because it was the, if, if if I cannot get this, if I cannot do this, then I'm going to do that. But I'm still going to be keeping within my contract, but I'm going to do it however I can, right? Whereas fate, it's sort of, just imagine fate is a far larger concept than destiny, which ends up being a bit narrower path. Okay, okay next.
1: Because I was going to ask you what the difference between fate okay, and yes, purpose fate was. fate and
0: purpose. If fate is your eight-lane highway, Destiny would be the two middle lanes.
1: So that when you make choices from your heart's desire and you're stuck in your karma or you're stuck in separation, there are some possibilities, but they're not endless. But when you make choices in oneness, anything could happen even exceeding your heart's desires.
0: Yes, exactly. Purpose is one way... To experience one's fate, but it is not the only way.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. the way we did it Mm -hmm. was that fate was the other side of the swimming pool and destiny is how you get there. Yeah. So in 5D, there is no destiny.
0: No, there's no reason Because there's no free will. Exactly. Talking about fate and destiny is a very worthwhile discussion with regard to how things played out in 2020.
1: Yeah, because my question then is, are we all knocked off our fate? because nothing played out as you said the way it was
0: but enough of the bigger things played out as they had said it was is our fate um,
1: sorry to interrupt no go is our fate sealed no i wasn't actually going to be okay. is our fate so much bigger is our fate more of a collective fate rather than an individual one
0: in oneness it is but in order to get there we still need to be living our individual fate
1: okay because yeah. that because i was thinking is like is it much because you know when i hear fate i hear you're going to meet joe blogs on this corner, Mm -hmm. at this time, you're going to... No,
0: that would be an example of destiny.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. because it's so scripted. Mm
0: -hmm. But your fate could say, I'm contracted for a particular partner and that person's going to come and they're going to come when I'm at this point in my life because it's going to make sense. And when it comes to something like partnership relationship, it's also very purpose-driven. So the the more we are in our purpose or at a particular place where we are you know, either mission or vocation or whatever, it makes sense. Okay, now this is why, right? Now it makes sense. And it's like, okay, coming back to 2020 and the shit show that it was and the shit show it created, right? Because you don't contain shit. Shit just gets flung out all the time until it is healed. So anything that could not be healed in 2020, which was a good portion of shit, defined 2021, But one thing that was a little interesting to see, I would say, but really not, was anger. But we weren't seeing anger in 2020. What we were seeing was rage. And rage is anger unexpressed, right? It's sort of that anger that has built up. It's anger that has been built up. And violence is always a result of that unexpressed rage. So just imagine if fear is like fire, rage would be like adding lighter fuel to the fire. And violence is what engulfs, is fire that engulfs, right? But what we needed to get to in 2020 really was effectively anger. Because what moves us from a place of complacency where, okay, things really aren't going to happen the way I thought things really aren't as scripted as i thought things are not as predictable as i thought what am i going to do some of us fall into a you know into a state of complacency others get angry well anger is beautiful because anger allows for will to come up and will
1: which we said in actually season 1 when you're angry it's how you know what you really want
0: yes Anger breeds clarity because mm. it allows will to surface. Yeah. And will directs. It allows us to channel that clarity into action. The reason why we can call on anger when we're in our karmic story is because we really are all over the place within that emotional spectrum. That anger really does just help us rein in and bring it all together under one sort of emotional umbrella, if you will, of like, okay, I'm just pissed off now. And that anger is going to lead me down this path because this is where I need to go in order to burn out my shit. And so there was a lot of, I mean, let's be fair, there was a lot of shit that was burning out, but it wasn't necessarily productive, was it? It was really very much a looping more than an actual burning.
1: I, I know that when I was in my comic story, yeah when I got angry, it didn't burn me through anything other, it didn't burn me through my comic story, but it did burn me through my fear to take that next step. Oh yeah, very well said. That's how I would explain it. It's like, I'm so angry right now, I'm just going to say it because I'm not even, I don't even have the time to think about Mm -hmm. what I'm saying or what the consequences are, which is to be honest, what is fearlessness, Mm -hmm. right? Just responding how you feel like you need to respond. Yes. It it kind of burnt through a little bit of fear in the moment just to get me to do what I needed to do, Mm -hmm. right? What we didn't have though, as you said, because in 2020 there was more fear than not, is that not enough people were doing that. And so Mm -hmm. even when you burnt through your fear, because we were stuck in this collective karmic karmic loop, what would happen is, is that you'd burn through, make a decision, and almost be flung back to where you were, scared to make the same decision again, Mm -hmm. and having to get angry again to make the same decision again. And so you were stuck in a loop, but it wasn't even necessarily your loop. It was the collective loop. Yes. But I find what really interests me about anger Mm -hmm. is that even though it's the thing that burns out our fear, we fear it. But actually, and the reason why I think we fear it is because actually when we are angry and we connect to our will, mm-hmm. if we don't believe that we can enact that will, yes. it makes us feel even more powerless. It does. So we fear our anger because we fear our powerlessness. Mm-hmm. Actually, as we start to grow, if you know, if we are now starting to learn that we are powerful... That we can say, fuck this. That mm-hmm. we can make choices. That we can li- like live the way we want to live. Mm-hmm. Anger stops being something we fear because we're not fear- fearing of our powerlessness. We're grateful for the anger in some ways because it lets us know what we desire. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really interesting because without that, we just become reactive, right? When we're locked in our stories of we are not good enough, when we're locked in our powerlessness, all we can do is respond to someone else. We don't make choices And take responsibility for them. We respond to other people's choices. And how they they affect us. Mm -hmm. Whereas anger allows us to. Choose something. It just keeps us really clear. We joke about my fuck you universe letter. Mm -hmm. But that day. I had spent months. Trying to get to my core fear. And really embrace it. Mm -hmm. right, And even see it. And I only got there. When I got so angry. That I ended up writing a letter. Entitled fuck you universe. Mm -hmm. Because in that. I actually said what was going on. It wasn't like there were no other emotions there. It was so clear. Mm-hmm. And for me, anger really is clarity. Like if I do get angry, which is not that often, I listen. Because if I'm angry about something, it's because I want something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: that want or
0: desire needs to be acknowledged. It does. It just needs to be seen and held. Well, anger helps us burn out our fear, if we're firmly rooted in our karmic story, If we lack the consciousness required in order to really continue to move out, that anger can begin to define our actions, right? It could begin to define our attitude and create a level of victimhood.
1: Well, that's because it stops being anger and it starts being resentment. Exactly. It starts being seething rage Mm -hmm. and it starts being, I'm hurt, so I'm going to hurt you too.
0: While anger can be very helpful if we're still locked in our karmic stories, and this is why we needed to talk about how you can look at it a bit differently coming out of 2020, is that a lot of that was just really unproductive.
1: Because all we were actually doing was we were hurt, we felt powerless. Mm -hmm. So our way of making us feel more powerful was to make someone else feel powerless and I think that's definitely a karma thing not a oneness thing right it's a separation thing where it's in order for me to know that I'm in power you must not be exactly in order for me to be right you must be wrong yes and it's not true like at the end of the day you can believe whatever the fuck you want to believe you can do whatever the fuck you want to do I want you to feel the most powerful version of you Yeah. but I want to do that for myself too Mm -hmm. and if your beliefs infringe upon mine I can step away. I don't have to change your beliefs.
0: No, not at all.
1: And I think it's something that we have to acknowledge as humans. Like there is one thing to be able to be compassionate and know where someone else is going and offering hold their hand whilst they walk through a dark patch. Mm -hmm. It is another thing when people simply just bond over the crap that's happened to them. Because all they're actually saying is, I'm a victim and so are you. Let's bond in our victimhood. It is not useful for us to stay perpetually stuck in that place. You know, always talking to the friend whose heart gets broken. And so you show them, you almost increase your heartbreak so they don't feel alone. What are you doing there? You're going down to meet them. You're not raising them up to meet you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like we feel like in order to connect, we always have to be at a base level.
0: But it's not that easy. 2020 to 2024 is all about foundation building, right? It was all about creating the foundation for 5D oneness. It wasn't about being in 5D and oneness and how it was all just going to magically happen overnight. We were all just going to wake up one day and be all the same. On the surface, we are not the same. All that unites us and what keeps us the same is our divine core. Otherwise, we are all unique as we are meant to be. So this idea that we were all going to be at one by assuming that we would all be equal was never going to happen. And that is what has created part of the problem as well. And so we cannot possibly unite over a particular ideology because we will have various ideologies based on who we are and our unique point of view. But And what-
1: those ideologies will be just as faceted. So whilst I might agree with you on one thing, I might agree with someone else on something else. And that doesn't define me.
0: No, not at all. Again, if we're holding the largest perspective possible, what our views are matter less and less, the larger that perspective gets, because you can actually hold the possibility for all of them. You can see how they serve people as they are coming out of their karmic story, but they serve us less once we're at oneness. But because we are people, we are beings who've held separation and have experienced it, which means we're wired for that. Coming out of that, it takes rewiring ourselves, going from fully dependent creatures to independent beings. And that requires a level of growing up, doesn't it?
1: In order to be able to not bond over our shared victimhood, over mm-hmm. our shared shit, yeah. over our shared life sucks. Mm -hmm. In order for us each to be, and as we've discussed in season four, Mm. in order for us to be happy, we must be happy for ourselves. Because my version of happiness is not your version of happiness, is not my next-door neighbor's version of happiness, Mm -hmm. right? So, yes, we can all be the same in misery, but we're always going to be different in our happiness. Mm. And I think the one thing we can all agree on, which I believe makes us one, is that we prefer to be happy than sad. (laughs) (laughs) We prefer to be in love than in pain. Mm -hmm. We prefer to be fearless than in fear. Mm. That is where we are at one. Yes. But what that looks like for each one of us will always be entirely different. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much about compassion in the pain sense of you're making this decision because of the shit that you've been through and you're doing your best. It's also the compassion in the happy way of this is what makes you happy and I'm just fucking happy for you.
0: And it's only when we are fully happier, in our joy, living our purpose, and understanding and rising and meeting our potential, right, is when we can then address the collective shit in a productive and meaningful way, as opposed to just kind of flinging out half-hearted solutions and ideas, because we'll never really have the motivation or the wherewithal to see it through if we are not healed.